The following podcast is a Clutch Media production. Welcome to They Get It. My name's Kelsey, and my co-host Emma and I love direct-to-consumer brands. Whether it's an amazing customer experience or a really killer social strategy, this podcast will feature the brands and founders who just get it. Okay, so we're about to jump into a conversation with Steph and Carolyn from Home, and we asked them a little bit about their education and their background, but honestly, these women are just so humble, they would not hype themselves up. So I just want to spend a couple of seconds going through. These are two of the most educated entrepreneurs we've had on the podcast and even just like in our networks. Mm -hmm. So for example, Steph has a bachelor's degree and master's degree in psychology. Carolyn has the same. And then we're also looking at a ton of different accreditations and certifications. They've done everything from working in methadone clinics to private private practice to now opening home, like these ladies know their stuff. Yes, they really do know their stuff. And I think they were perfect people to bring on the show and help kind of educate a little bit more about meditation and and why it can be such a helpful practice. And yeah, for me, I think the reason I wanted to bring them on the most is I just absolutely love the meditation studio that they've opened. It's totally transformed aspects of my life. I mean, when I was going through some hard times, I always had home at the end of the day. And even if I was there and I cried during my meditation session, it, I always left feeling lighter. And um, and it's just led to this really beautiful addition to my life that honestly, I think was one of the main reasons I was even able to get to the point where we could start a podcast. Yeah, um, I was so riddled by fear of what people think. And, and that was really holding me back and building a meditation practice, building in these positive affirmations in my life and creating the space to focus on the type of life I wanted to lead, Mm -hmm. despite maybe the way I had been, um, has just been so transformational. So I think, um, yeah, I just, I'm, I'm really passionate about getting to share a little more about this story and how meditation can be helpful. And, um, if anyone ever wants to talk about this stuff, like DM me on Instagram, Mm -hmm. I'm super passionate about it. Um, but without further ado, maybe we should just get right into the episode and let the experts speak. Let's do it. (laughs) Welcome back to another episode of They Get It. Today, this is an episode close to my heart, and we'll get into why. Um, But we have the founders of Home here with us, Carolyn and Steph. Thank you so much for being here, both of you. Thank you for having us. Hi. So to begin our conversation, I would love to just hear about your path because you're both trained psychotherapists. You've worked in that for a long time. Um, And then you opened a meditation studio. And it's just so fascinating to me. I mean, I'm in my master's um, right now for counseling psychology, and um, I love to meditate. So yeah, I would love to just hear a little bit about what that path has been like and, and what led you to opening this business. Yeah, I mean, Steph and I, as you mentioned, we're both, um, you know, clinicians, and we actually met I don't even know how many years ago now, Steph, like 10 years ago. We met in 2011, I believe. So yeah, it's our Yay. 10 year anniversary. <laughs> but we were actually addiction clinicians first. We actually met at a methadone clinic and we were both working uh, with clients who had opiate dependencies and we were running groups and providing um, one-on-one therapy to, to clients there. And we just had this very same, like we shared this kind of same passion for the way in which we practiced. And we became really fast friends. 
we then got also really into education and learning and education and teaching is a huge part of, of what we both do. So we started teaching at a couple of colleges and universities together. And we also started a private practice together. So you'll see there's a big theme of us doing many of the same things together. But um, mm -hmm. and we've always sort of known, I mean, mindfulness and meditation has been something both Stephanie and I have practiced for a really long time. And it was something that we always knew was beneficial for our clients. You know, during kind of our path, I started working as a crisis room um, clinician in the emergency, sorry, as a crisis clinician in the emergency department. And Steph was working uh, as a crisis clinician in a family health team. And we started, you know, thinking of and exploring how the, you know, the path of like meditation and mindfulness can really assist and help with so many of our clients that we were seeing there. And so it was always this like idea, um, but it wasn't until, I don't know, Steph, when was it that we had the first talk of home? That was quite a while ago. And I feel like it keeps adding. I trouble remembering but I feel like it was probably five five to six mm -hmm. years ago we started just and it was high level dreaming unrealized ideas yeah like home. we never thought any of this truly could happen I mean we had this dream that like imagine if we could take you know what we know is helpful therapeutically to clients you know if we could take meditation and mindfulness that's so beneficial but take it to more people in this really modern and fresh and unique way you know wouldn't that be incredible and we were like sitting around Steph's house and just dreaming daydreaming of like creating this space where we could do it and then this, it, of course, evolved into this conversation of like, yeah, we could have, you know, vines on the ceiling and we could have a dark room and we could have a salt cave and like we could have all these incredible things in this space and we could have enough space to do, you know, trainings and workshops and, you know, those kinds of things. And again, I mean, we're just daydreaming, never thinking that this was possible. Um, and then, you know, here we are fast forward, but three years later and, you know, we've you know launched two years ago. Um, you know, the one of the largest uh, modern meditation studios in North America. So we're really excited and really happy and grateful for the path that we've, we've taken over the last 10 years. Wow, that's incredible. And yeah, I mean, it is a beautiful space. I can definitely attest to that. Um, a little story time. I, um, I started working at Shopify over four years ago now. It was my first job out of school. And I was thrown into this professional environment. I'd moved across the country for the job. I didn't know anyone. And so sure enough, soon enough, I burnt out. And I all of a sudden really struggled to get out of bed and have any motivation. And eventually I found meditation. And during this time, I'd also moved from Waterloo to Toronto. And so the office I was working at happened to be right around the corner from home. And so I think I actually just walked past it one day and Googled you and quickly got a membership. It became part of my routine every day after work. And the transformation that I've experienced from home is just incredible. I think, you know, meditation um, is amazing as a whole, but I think the idea of doing it with other people and being there for an hour, like I, I couldn't stop meditating early, if, even if I wanted to, if I only wanted a quick practice or felt like that's all I could do. Um, and it just totally, totally transformed things for me um, to the point where I eventually ended up going into school to become a psychotherapist. So um, I can definitely attest to the benefits, but I would love to hear a little bit about the science behind mindfulness for both of you as clinicians. Um, how did you see that start to tie in to your practice? Is it a preventative? Is it more than that? It's 
kind of everything. And, and that's what we really love about meditation and mindfulness in general. And that's really what sold us on this path was the science. You know, we saw the science behind this fairly simple practice you know it doesn't it doesn't cost a lot of money you don't need special equipment for it and the results that we were seeing in journals was incredible and so that's really what prompted us to learn more about it to start practicing it ourselves but then also to start bringing it to our clients when you look at the literature on meditation and mindfulness really we kind of joke you can't you, you can't read a study without kind of seeing a benefit from top of your head to the tips of your toes and everything in between. There's, there's studies related to physical health, mental health, social health, um, inflammation in the body, stress, sleep, you name it. There's so much, there's so much literature, not only preventative. So, you know, preventative for mental health, preventative for physical health, um, boosting creativity and focus, but it can also be used as either an adjunct therapy for psychotherapeutic techniques. So it kind of makes any therapy style that you're doing a little bit better. It can be used as a monotherapy. So as a first line therapy for a number of, um, you know, mental and physical conditions out there. And then what's really great and where we started to see more of the modern literature coming out was looking at it being used for physical health as like a rehab. So as a trying to get people back added after having a cardiac event or a pretty significant physical event. So lots of research. And, and what's interesting is if you go back 10 years, the, we were just starting to scratch the surface in terms of the literature that was out there. It wasn't talked about as much. We didn't see as much. Now you can't go a day without reading about meditation and mindfulness. And I think it's because people are seeing how incredible it is. Wow. So I want to maybe ask a stupid question here. When you were working as clinicians in like a methadone clinic, for example, and someone's coming from really severe addiction, and you're like, hey, just meditate. How is that received? And how does someone actually start that practice? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, one of the, the things that both Stephanie and I always practice is really kind of making things accessible to people with where they're at and how to how we approach our clients. And so, you know, for some people, you know, if they've never tried meditating, that's often how I'll start is just, are you curious, you know, to try something with me? And a lot of times when I'll start the practice of meditation with people, it's not sort of like what you would see at home where we're going to sit down in like a seated sort of formal practice. It mm -hmm. might just start with a very short short um, body scan, right? Where you might just have your clients like, just check in with your body, see where you're holding tension, see what's coming up for you, noticing your thoughts, noticing your breath. Uh, a breath work as well is something that's a really sort of nice way of starting kind of guiding someone towards mindful and meditative practice. So in the emergency room, I can tell you, I mean, we would have clients coming in, in acute panic attacks. And what we found was that by helping clients actually connect with their breath and to breathe in a certain way and to breathe, you know, with having somebody there to support you and guiding you through that breath, we would actually be able to get people to calm down faster than if we were providing, you know, you know, anti-anxiety medications to them, um, you know, and so that's really powerful stuff, right? And once people realize that, that like you have, you know, this ability, um, you know, to help yourself in certain situations and, I mean, even in our clinical practice, I mean, mindfulness is something we practice all the time, just getting people to really settle into the present moment, you know, especially in a therapy session, the time and space that you're currently in. 
So that's usually how I would start it. Just I start small doses and, you know, going slow. And then, you know, of course, over time, as clients become open to it, or if I have a client that's really open to it, and I will give them some, you know, resources to try. Hmm. Something that comes to mind for me, I think, you know, being a therapist and then shifting to an entrepreneur, I can't imagine what that process was like. And so I'd love to just hear a little bit from both of you on yeah, what that was like. Was it a really challenging shift? I guess parts of therapy are a little mm-hmm. entrepreneurial in, in some aspects when you're running your own practice. But yeah, curious to dive into that. It was interesting. Um, no, it was, you're right. It was, it, I can't say anything else that it was a ride. We, to, to backtrack, we've always been very entrepreneurial. So Karen and I have always been very interested in, you know, we, we have our own private practice. Like we both have run our own private clinical practice. We started prior to home, we started a kind of just a, a online mental health education business. So it was an online, it was not online, but it was a mental health education business. So we um, got trained to do mental health first aid, assist, safe talk. So these are just mental health certifications and suicide prevention trainings. And we rented a co-sharing space and, you know, put up a training little website and, and that was it. And people started to come and it got bigger and bigger and bigger. And it was just a side hustle to begin with. But then we were starting to get people who like HR professionals from different corporations and different businesses coming in and saying, Hey, do you want to come back to our workplace? This was really great. And so after we started to get bigger and bigger contracts, we were like, Hmm, this is really interesting. And at the same time, what was happening was we were bringing you know, the beauty of meditation and mindfulness into our trainings as well by, you know, adding on a little breath break or, you know, having um, a meditation break at the end of the session or right before we went for lunch and seeing the difference um, when we would talk about the practice of meditation and mindfulness and and talking about stress and, and the impact of stress on mental health. And so that's really what started to get us percolating a little bit. So we already had a bit of a side hustle and we were already pretty successful with with, you know, running corporate training and corporate education. But to, you know, go from that to a 5,000 square foot studio, Mm -hmm. it was a big Mm -hmm. leap. It was definitely a big leap. And I think absolutely there are certain things that therapy can be, like having a therapeutic background can be helpful with. I think, you know, listening, being empathetic and, you know, as running a business, I think it's important, especially when it's in the caring space. But yeah, it was, it was, I felt like it was a big leap. What about you, Care? Yeah, I I would definitely agree. I mean, you know, going through this journey, it really has been that, as Steph said, it really has been this ride. There's been so much incredible moments. And I think any entrepreneur will talk about, you know, you have the, the highest of highs, but then you can also have the lowest of lows. And, you know, it's, it's now sometimes in the same day, exactly in the, in the same hour sometimes, you know? And so I think that was, you know, in, in some ways I, I, we look back at our entrepreneurial journey and there was definitely an element of, of being a bit naive in, in some ways, you know, what we were getting into. But I also think that that protected us in some ways as well, because I think, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, will share that same sentiment. I mean, it, it's a scary thing to get into business and it does require you to kind of be fearless. And if you knew all the things that were coming at you, you know, it may make you think twice. And so I think, you know, being able to just jump in and, and to leap um, is, is so crucial. 
And, you know, I think for both Stephanie and I, what makes our experience, I think, unique is, again, not only the therapeutic background, but the fact that we have each other mm-hmm. in it, uh, you know, I think has really helped to strengthen, you know, our business and, and get us through all of those challenging, you know, highs and lows. And Steph and I have this incredible way of like, if I'm in a low, she's in a high, and we can really <laughs> kind of help each other through that. So I think that's been a huge strength of our business and our entrepreneurial story. Well, I can tell you, you're certainly not the first entrepreneur to tell us, like, if I had known what this is going to be like, I don't know if I would have done it. It's so scary. There's so many things you didn't even anticipate, <laughs> but we're so thankful that you did. I'm curious when this was just like an like a pie in the sky kind of idea, right? Both of you were talking about it, daydreaming about it. Were there certain thresholds or things that you were like, okay, when this happens, we'll make it real? No, I mean, I think we didn't actually ever think that it would be real, to be honest. I think, you know, we were talking about it because we didn't know at the time, like, how would we even take this beyond kind of a concept? And what was interesting, though, is we kept talking about it. And I think we kept that idea alive. And we started talking about it, you know, you know, expanding our circle a little bit and maybe like sharing it with somebody and sharing these, these ideas. And And then all of a sudden, what happened really organically was this sort of team formed around us that also believed in what we were doing and wanted to be a part of it. And it was kind of at that point that it started looking like, okay, can we really do this? Like now we have people who believe in us and want to help support us and want to join our team. And that was really when it became real. And then the first step, actually, the very first step before even really drawing out more of the details of the business plan was we actually started looking at space first. That was like kind of like our first, you know, and then it was like, once we started getting space and all of that, then of course, you know, the the business plan quickly followed. Mm -hmm. Well, I think it's also a little bit different. Like you had all of these, um, I don't want to call them patients. Like you had all these people that you were working with for many, many years and you had seen the effects of meditation and mindfulness. So you knew that there was, for lack of a better term, product market fit. (laughs) And you got to start in with the fun stuff, in my opinion, of like, what does this look like tangibly? Where is it located? How do people feel when they experience our studio? So I actually think that's a kind of a cool take on it. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, we never actually, I think we never questioned the business component, to be honest. I mean, I think to that, you know, we always just had such a a deep belief in meditation and mindful practice, because you're right. I mean, we had been, you know, using this and practicing this and studying this, because also, you know, throughout the years, you know, both of us went and did our master's, we both, you know, certified in mindful studies, I did my yoga teacher training. So like, by this point, we were just so that was so our life that we were like, you know, this is happening. It's just a matter of like, what is it going to look like and in what form, but it's happening. Mm-hmm. It's so true. It's so true. And we never questioned the idea. No. Like we never once, and even when we started to form our team, it was people who really got it because at the beginning, and you have to go back, this was, we've been open for almost three years and we started the build, you know, four, four and a half years ago, um, just really starting to flesh everything out you know, truly. Um, and when we look at that, you know, the meditation and mindfulness wasn't what, what this today, even just kind of three or four years ago, you didn't hear about it as much people didn't talk about it. And so you really needed to have people who got it around you. And when we would talk to people who actually got it, and those are, you know, that's our team now, it was, there was no question that this wouldn't happen. Like it was no question that this isn't a great idea. Like we thought it was a great idea. And, and so that was really validating. And it was funny because when we even, you know, throughout the build, we ran into a little bit of trouble with, um, you know, 
it was right before the build when we were getting some budgeting and it was interesting because we ran into some trouble and it was kind of like do or die time. It was, you know, we're either going to, you know, rip the bandaid off and actually start or we're going to quit now because it got really scary and really real. And it was funny because we talked about it and we said, you know, we know that if we don't do this in two or three years, there will be a, like, there will be another studio. We know it's going to happen. So it was one of those things where we, we knew what was going to happen and we wanted it to be us. Mm-hmm. And, and so we, we went with it, but yeah, for, for the idea, we never questioned the idea. Can you go into more detail about what that was that make or break moment? Oh, it was money. <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and I remember, I mean, Steph and I, where we were sitting in our therapy, like our office, together uh, we have again we have a private practice and we were both sitting on our couch and we had just got we actually were in tears and oh. stuff doesn't rarely cries I think that may have been the only time I've seen her in tears <laughs> since I've known her and we, you know we had got this you know we had a certain of course you know money is very tight for any entrepreneur and we certainly didn't have endless sources of capital and um, you know we get this quote I think that was like three times higher than what we thought it was going to wow. be to do this do the build and we just looked and by this point we'd also already sunk like tens of thousands of dollars into the to this doing everything you know we have an architect we have plans drawn up we've you know we've nego- we've rented the space like we're in a you know 10-year lease now wow. we were just and that was the only moment that we just had like crippling doubt of like what are we doing and we both just stared at each other and just cried and um it was really that I remember Steph asking that, like, what are we going to do? And like, this is the do or die moment. And we just felt like we had to, like, we just, we were like, we have, we've come this far. And, um, but then we took control and we actually ended up, um, you know, not going with that builder who, or, and so there were some people around us that we had, you know, talked to that were giving us these really, really inflated quotes. And, you know, again, Stephanie and I never being in business, never doing a build had no concept mm-hmm. of like any of this. And thankfully, um, we were able to to get the right people around us. And we decided to actually pay someone to do a different estimate. And we got the price like way down and things way down to make it happen. But yeah, that was a tough moment. Wow. And I I just think what keeps coming up for me is like, this is such a purpose driven business. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what I keep hearing from what you're saying is you knew people needed this. You knew this was something that was going to help people. And I think when you have that conviction, you find a way to make it work, even if you've never done it before and it's so unknown. So I think that's super inspiring. One question that's coming up, how has having having a meditation practice, how has that helped you throughout the journey of entrepreneurship? Has it changed how you view meditation as a practice? I think so. Yeah. It, you know, for, I think for me, and I'll speak for me, my practice was always just kind of a way to kind of de-stress or to kind of focus for the day. And, and I never really looked at it. You know, when you look at some of the studies around creativity, I never, I never thought of myself as a creative person. I never really tapped into that part of me, but now I, I see, you know, with home, we came up with all the ideas. We, you know, everything that has kind of been there in terms of, you know, newsletter and classes and events, it's, it's come from us and our team and, and stuff that we came up with ourselves. And so 
you know, looking at that, I think it does take a level of creativity. And, and I do attribute that to my practice is that it was it, I think it allowed me to tap into this creative side that I never had before. Um, but then I also think it's been incredible at, at just managing stress in general. You know, we still have a private practice. We still teach at a number of schools and we run home. And I don't think that we would be able to do that if we didn't have a practice. At least I don't think I would be able to. No. What do you think? Sarah? I, I feel the exact same way. I mean, you know, it's, Stress management has been, you know, that's been one of the the best things, you know, being able to use meditation and mindful practice to manage my levels of stress. And I think, you know, especially starting a new business, you know, I mean, thankfully, you know, we're getting into like that year three where things are starting to kind of run a little bit more smoothly. But when you're in those first couple startup years, the fact that we had this practice was was so incredible. And I mean, it's still so a part of my life. I, you know, I meditate every single day and that's been for a really long time now. But um, but I will say this and, it, and it's, although I'm getting better at it, but initially when we first started having classes at home, I would try to get into the classes, but then I, it was hard to turn off like the entrepreneur, like owner brain. So you're like constantly like your brain is active. And you're, you know, is it too hot in here? Is it too oh cold? In here? <laughs> Sound Okay. So it took me a little while to be able to actually really relax into our classes. And now I, I thankfully I can, um, but my practice is still there every single day. What would your advice be to starting entrepreneurs in building a practice? Let's say they've never meditated before. They don't really know even what it is. What are some easy ways to start integrating that into their day to day? I think Steph will say, take a sound bath. <laughs> yes. Take a sound bath. Good advice. Steph always says it's the intro for anyone if you've never really meditated before, you know, to, to try a sound bath first. Oh, I love that. Have you guys tried sound baths before? Yes. I used to go to sound every Wednesday. It was like my midweek, oh. like cocktail, honestly. <laughs> it was just, it? oh, it was amazing. It's the best. Yeah. I love sound baths and I find that it's just for people who say that they can't meditate or people who struggle with meditation I find that, you know, just being in a sound bath, because there's such a, there's such a physical component to it. Like you feel those bowls on a physical level. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's just, it, it, it just, <laughs> I always say like it envelops you. It just feels like you're being like, you're just like being hugged by sound and healing. And so I love sound baths. So I feel like if you struggle with just like a traditional sit, class, um, definitely try a sound bath because I think that it's a lot easier to slip into a meditative state with that. Yeah. And then I think, you know, again, we're huge proponents of just starting slow. I mean, sitting in an hour practice is not always something, I mean, it's something that I can't always do all the time. Most people aren't able to sit, you know, every single day for 30 minutes or an hour. And so it's trying to find ways to integrate it in small ways throughout your day. You know, we know that building a consistent practice is more important than building up the time in practice. So it's much better if you're, you know, meditating five or 10 minutes every single day than if you're meditating for an hour, but it's only maybe, you know, once a week or every two weeks or something like that. So I try to encourage people to try to figure out like, where can I, you know, grab five minutes in my day and just try, you know, a practice. I love guided practices, I think are the, the greatest way for beginners to start. Because, I mean, oftentimes, I mean, you don't know if you've never done this practice before. So having somebody's voice, somebody who's trained and skilled in uh, meditation or mindfulness practice to kind of guide you through it is really helpful. 
And then just choosing what works for you. So, I mean, some people like to lay down. Some people like to be seated. Some people like to close their eyes. Others don't. You know, so there's so many ways to practice. So I think just be curious and really play with what works for you and then be open to it. I mean, it's it's something that, you know, many people, you know, may try it for the first time and say, you know, I can't do it or this mm-hmm. is you know, not for me. And I always tell people just to try to make a commitment to stick with it for, you know, a couple of weeks to a month, because oftentimes, you know, the more consistent you are with the practice, the more you see the benefits of it. Totally. And I'm curious too, like your life has changed so much. Both of your lives have changed so much in the past couple of years. How has your practice evolved? That's a great question. For me, my practice, and it's interesting, my practice changed very much with COVID and in the last year, I guess. Um, I've always been a morning meditator, love my morning meditation. Mm -hmm. It's always been my moment. And I've always had a, a kind of mindful mornings. Like I keep them quiet and I have my little rituals and my routine around my morning. Um, but with COVID and just being home more, um, I've, I've always been that kind of person that I'm generally out most nights and I go out, I hang out with friends, I'll go out for dinners. And so I've noted, I've been home a lot more in the last year. And so with COVID, I've been, you know, really taking advantage of you know, evening sound baths or yoga nidras before bed. And I've never been a nighttime meditator. That was always Kara's thing. And so what I really noticed with that is how much I really enjoyed, you know, going to a yoga nidra kind of virtual class or doing a virtual sound bath and and just trying to deepen my practice. So I do feel that in the last year, absolutely my practice has deepened because I've had that time to allow to it and just the space at home to be able to dedicate to it that I think it's been wonderful. And I've, I've, you know, experienced things that I haven't experienced before. And I think it's been pretty incredible. So yeah, that's how I would say it changed. Yeah, I think mine definitely changed as well. I think again, it's just having more time. You know, before, I mean, as much as I would love to do meditation, that I would every single day, they weren't always the longest, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, practice before bed. But like, let's be real, like how many times I fell asleep before I ended the practice, you know? <laughs> You know, so I think the fact that, again, as Steph said, being able to play with, you know, the different times of the day or being able to try out, you know, other meditations that I never, you know, tried or I took, you know, a couple online breathwork courses and just other things that I never really had a lot of space for just because my time was so limited. Um, And I've also been practicing a lot with our home instructors on our Instagram, which, again, that was so nice because I often couldn't because once you're running the business, you can't always be taking classes. So being able to actually put on our own instructors and, and meditate to, to their practices was so, so nice as well. How nice has that been? It's been so nice to be able to see our instructors and practice with our instructors. I know. I know. Makes it like, it's just so nice because we haven't been able to, like, we miss them so much. So. Oh, getting to see Fernanda on Instagram live, honestly, makes right <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's the best um one other question in terms of entrepreneurship and meditation is there like has there been research done on how meditation improves performance like obviously it helps with reducing stress and anxiety and depression and mental illness is there actually anything behind like helping people reach peak performance through meditation 
Yeah, I mean, there's definitely, you know, studies on the benefits of mindfulness and, and meditation, you know, within the corporate sector, um, mm-hmm. certainly a lot of entrepreneurs, I mean, there's just sort of that anecdotal and subjective, you know, literature where a lot of, you know, CEOs from some pretty, you know, you know, incredible, like Fortune 500 companies and things like that, who swear that it's that their practice of meditation, you know, that, that allows them to be the leader that they, they want to be. I was just actually reading something about, you know, Jack Dorsey, who's the CEO of Twitter mm-hmm. and Square. And, you know, he's an avid, you know, mindfulness practitioner and meditator, but he really credits meditation practice to his leadership style. Mm-hmm. And so we know mindful leadership is actually something that's becoming more and more uh, talked about, particularly in like business circles and a lot of like, you know, MBA programs and things like that. So absolutely, you know, there is there is evidence that that it can really help, particularly entrepreneurs or those looking to, to go get into business. I know for myself personally, like Hash Pay, the company I work for, does a guided meditation twice a week where we have someone outside come in and we can attend. And I can tell a dramatic difference in my day. Not even so much like during the the practice, of course, I feel good right after as well. It's more so the afternoon crash. So ours are in the morning around 11 o'clock. And on days when I'm not meditating by three and four, my brain is fried. Like I was telling Emma today, like I can't even put string words together to finish a sentence right now. And then when meditation is part of your day, I just feel like it's this like midday reset. And all of a sudden my longevity late into the afternoon and into the evening is so much better. Absolutely. And I mean, that's, you know, it's definitely things that a lot of people, you know, will share. I mean, just being able to like have that little reset within the middle of your day really does, does help. And it's incredible. Every time I hear stories like that, that it's, not a lot, you know, it's not, it may be just a 15 minute practice or 20 or 30 minute practice, but the impacts that can be felt Mm -hmm. can be so quick and then they last, right? Which is so incredible. Yeah. I mean, that was also, I think going to home regularly, it allowed me to create space to think about what I wanted to bring into my life and, Mm -hmm. you know, clear my mind and then focus on the attributes that I really want to grow. You know, I want to feel more confident. I want to feel um, more successful in whatever you know, I want to feel powerful. And I would just focus on those things rather than what I felt like I was in that moment. I really focused on fostering those feelings that I wanted to feel and wanted to bring into my work and my side hustles and whatever it was at the time. Um, And that was really transformational too, because eventually you start believing it. If you're taking that time to really tell yourself those things, eventually it starts to sink in. And, and yeah, it's been very transformational. That's incredible. I I do have a quick question. Like Emma just mentioned Instagram live. Now that studios are shut down, where can people find you? On our Instagram. So our Instagram is at my home and we're still doing IG lives, more special event style ones. So we do have one. um, I think we have one up every week or every other week. And we also just launched a podcast for home. So it's called Mm -hmm. the home podcast. And you can find that on Apple and Spotify. And uh, our website is home.ca. So H-O-A-M-E dot C-A. One question that we ask everybody that comes on is obviously our podcast is all about people who we think get it, entrepreneurs who we think get it. And that has a different meaning with every guest we bring on. But curious to hear who inspires you or who you think gets it. That's a great question. (laughs) It's funny how many different directions people take it. Do we go like, I mean, certainly, you know, there's, there's family members. I mean, I often will share, you share how my mom, you know, certainly is a, is a huge source of inspiration to me. She's a nurse and, you know, really help kind of 
carve out the helping profession for me and really inspire me to to get into uh, you know a path of helping others. My mom is also um, as as much as she's a nurse, she's also always been into holistic practice. I mean, for forever, you know, she's been meditation meditating. Um, she practices Kundalini yoga. She you know uses crystals. She had an ear candling business. So this has always been part of of her life and. It's funny now looking back because I, you know, having this very science oriented approach, I always kind of would say, you know, you know, thinking it was a little bit too out there for me, you know, mm-hmm. where's the science mom? Like, is this really true? And she was, you know, always like, you know, you don't need the science, you know, if you can feel the benefits from it. And then, you know, here we are, you know, so many years later and she's like, see, now you get it. <laughs> and, you know, certainly science has caught up to prove what she already knew and what she's already practiced for so long. But you know, I think, you know, she, she's definitely a, a huge source of inspiration and continues to be for me. Yeah, I would go with, I always want to go with my mom as well. My mom is, um, she's an entrepreneur herself. So she worked at a bank. She was high up at a bank for years and years and years. And then finally just decided that she was going to follow her passion. And she's an interior designer and she's incredible. And she, my mom's always just been a hustler. Like she just always gets it done. And, um, and she's just always been such an inspiration for me because I just had this role model of just a strong woman who, you know, just led an amazing path. And so just being able to follow in her footsteps, I think for me, she was just such a role model for me growing up. And she made me realize that there's, you know, you can do more and you, you know, you can just experience life and you can give back and make a difference in this world. And I think she's just been an incredible role model for me and and still is. So Carolyn and Steph, this has been so much fun. We're already way over time. I'm sorry for keeping you, but I just feel like this whole topic of mindfulness and meditation could not have come at a better time. Rounding out 2020, coming into 2021, being intentional with how we spend our time and what we allow our minds to focus on. This has been such a good conversation and Mm -hmm. thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having us. Wow, I have never been so excited for a studio to reopen in Toronto. This COVID thing needs to wrap ASAP. Get me back to home. (laughs) I need to lay in the dark room and try not to fall asleep while I just chill out. (laughs) That was awesome. And I think one thing we have started to pull out from a lot of our conversations with entrepreneurs is that you just... life gets busy. There's too many demands pulling you in too many different directions. If you're not so careful with protecting your mind, your space and your time, it's going to get the better of you. And so what I love about what these two women had to say on this podcast is there's a way to make it all fit, right? And if you're not an evening meditation meditator, I should say, then don't force it right? Do it in the morning. And then they were saying that, you know, as life changes and things get busier, sometimes you need to change up your routine. I think the bigger thing, like they said, is just remaining consistent. Absolutely. And like we always say, if the methods are unsustainable, the results are going to be unsustainable. If you're not taking the time to get yourself to a place where you can feel more relaxed and zen and creating that space in your day, if you think working for an extra hour is going to make more difference, I If you're building a long-term business, I think the answer to that is no. And so I think it's so important for everybody, but especially people who are trying to be entrepreneurs and putting themselves out there and working so hard to build something. If you want to do it for the long-term, 
add in some kind of mindfulness Mm -hmm. and and look at the positive impacts as they roll in. Yeah. And just to plug them again, their Instagram is my home. H-O-A-M-E is how you spell home. I really encourage anyone listening to this podcast, go check out their Instagram, their meditations, even their own podcast. They've got lots of great content. Yes. And they do Instagram lives. So if you're curious to try it out, and I mean, that's the easiest way to do it. And with that, we'll wrap up this episode. As we always say, if you enjoyed our content, ratings and reviews really help us as well as subscriptions. And we're on Instagram at they.get.it if you want more content there. We'll see you next week. See you next week. Bye.